You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hey, hey. Jesse Gray. Vegas, baby. Vegas, Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, everybody? And special guest, Evan Pasoko. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, hey, thanks for coming. Today's special guest brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Sim Products. Sim Lab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. Uh, teammate Joe Owen uh, got tracking. I think he gets it soon, and he's like chomping at the bit. But, I'm still uh, really happy with mine, man. Everything. Yeah, I think uh, Joe's going to love it, too. So let's talk to Evan. Uh, Evan, thanks for coming on today. Uh, very busy time for you uh, with uh, everything that's going on, and we want to learn a little bit about you. So let's go back to the beginning. When did you first hear the word iRacing, and uh, what did you do about it? It had to be back in the very early years when they actually first started broadcasting the Peak Series. Uh, I was actually always a console person, so like NASCAR Inside Line was the first NASCAR game I had uh, on Xbox, and I would play Forza and all that, but I would watch the iRacing broadcast, and I thought that was cool, and I had no sort of background in like commentating or anything like that, but I saw the broadcast initially, and I said that's what I wanted to do, so I actually got my iRacing subscription, and instead of buying a wheel at first, I actually bought a microphone at first, and just started sending emails around, uh, to see if anybody would, you know, was looking for commentators. And I found somebody who's like, you can do pit road. It's it's not paid, but it's a good way to start. So I like volunteered on pit road on broadcast for a couple of months. And then eventually I got my wheel and, and raced a little bit. But uh, it's funny that I, I saw the, the broadcasting and that's actually what attracted to me at first. Yep. I was just looking at your stats page. You, you have some racing uh, between 2013 and 2016 and, not bad winning percentage, 10% on oval, 18% on road, uh, but uh, it's been a long time. Now, I've been watching your Twitter, and it seems like you've been stacking up on some hardware in here recently. You got a new wheel and pedals again, and it looks like you might be joining us on track, right? Yeah, I was joking. If you're going to be in uh, hosted racing, to watch out, because uh, around 2016 or so is when my G27 uh, didn't make it anymore. It uh, passed on, and... Uh, that's obviously when I started doing the peak stuff as well in 2016. So, uh, my schedule was limited. Uh, I was in university at that point. So now that I'm, I'm done with school and, and the peak stuff and ignite are kind of wrapping down to the end of the year. Uh, I, my computer was starting to, to get old. It was, I mean, from 2012. So I got a new computer. I got a, a G920 pedal set and wheels. So it's actually all just gotten plugged in in the last couple of days. So uh, after this race weekend in Vegas, which is, you know, Speedway's 30 minutes up the road from my house. So after uh, the race weekend, the wheel's getting plugged in. And uh, I'll see if I can uh, stay out of trouble and maybe even find a, a league to get involved with. Because uh, I don't know if I'm quite up to stuff for official racing quite yet. Okay. Well, we're happy to have you um, on track. So uh, let's talk about the computer a little bit. Uh, I've been watching your build or I saw a picture of it and you list out man it's a pretty nice little unit you got a 2080 GeForce you got a core i9 9900 
Uh, boy, that baby is loaded. Uh, and, and you had a little bit of problems loading windows on it, and I, I think you got it fixed, right? Well, that was my concern, because like I said, I was always a console person. So the computer that I have been using since 2013 or so actually came from the iRace Center. And they uh, they closed down a location, and they had a bunch of computers that they built for iRacing at the time. So I got a decent deal on those back when I started. Obviously, iRacing has come a long way in those six years. It can still do okay on one screen, but I you know I have the triple monitor set up, so uh, I wanted to to upgrade. So I've been saving up for a while, and uh, and and kind of went all out, and I uh, bugged a lot of people to help me build this because I didn't know, you know, all the specs and all that. Uh, so actually, Ben Nelson from the Peak Series, I bugged him a lot. Uh, I bugged a lot of other people in Facebook and, you know, in the sim racing circle asking him, you know, this is a budget, what kind of parts can I do? And I kind of compiled everybody's ideas into one. And I was going to have somebody make it for me, uh, but obviously it's a lot cheaper if you, you know, get all the parts shipped to you and build it. So I was concerned, but I watched hours of tutorials, put it together, it all booted up. And then Windows didn't work. So that was a, a three or four day thing trying to mess with settings. Windows wouldn't work. Uh, eventually the, the BIOS needed flash. It needed updated on the motherboard. And I was hesitant to do that because I was told if it goes wrong, you can brick it. So I was you know waiting until MSI told me to do that. That way uh, my warranty would have still been fine. And uh, it took five minutes, booted up fine. It's It's all plugged in and... Now I have not only the wheel and pedal set to get racing again, but now I have a computer that can actually handle racing once more. Okay, very good. So we're going to jump around. Um, we asked yesterday uh, our listeners for uh, some questions, and so I specifically reached out to the peak drivers, uh, most of them, and said, hey, let's turn the tables and ask uh, Evan the questions. And so we did get a, a several people, and I'm going to bounce through these. So we got at Jay Mullis Racing. He says, what is Evan's favorite race from this year so far and why? Well, early on, I would have told you Fontana, just because with the way this package works, it was one of the crazier races we saw, and it was good to see Eric get a win. Uh, but if you tuned in on Tuesday at Indianapolis, that one was pretty crazy with uh, you know, we've had a streak of first-time winners. Of course, uh, Blake very close uh, to getting one in his own regards. And, uh, you know, the, the tricky thing is, is I try not to get too excited to the point where I'm just screaming and, and you don't know what's happening. And so I try to have some composure when these things get crazy at the end of the race. And it was just so much fun on Tuesday with the way that that race went down. So uh, I think Indy may have actually jumped to the top of the board given all the playoff circumstances and just how good of a race that was with the fuel strategy at the end. Yeah, and we'll talk about that race. I mean, it was a lot of stuff going on, and you know, Bobby pitting at the end and ruining his chance, and uh, all that stuff, and then Blake running out at the end. But anyway, we'll talk about that. Let's keep going. Uh, at Brandon Cattell said, "What's your favorite throwback car?" So this is a tough one for me because I, I, and I love the Darlington Throwback Weekend. I only started watching NASCAR in 2011 2012 or so and that's kind of right when i got introduced to iRacing so i mean i was born in 97 so my my nascar knowledge you know even if i've been watching for longer it doesn't go uh way back uh, but i was a fan of i think it was the mark martin throwback that the roush cars ran at darlington this year with newman and i think also we had that car in the peak series so i think that mark martin one would be up there but i was always a jeff gordon fan uh, so I'm, you know, susceptible to the Rainbow Warrior car. That's always uh, a good one. But 
I think the blue and red Jeff Gordon flame car also. If I had to pick just an old-time favorite, I don't know if that's old enough to be throwback, but I'd pick that. Yeah. Yeah, the six car was pretty good. It, it matched, except the colors were, were off. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep going. Uh, we got a good one here at Casey underscore Tucker. What's your favorite color? Uh, red. That's an easy one. Okay, thanks, Casey. At Brit. Ray, uh, excuse me, at B Reynolds underscore 66. What's your next big step toward a career in broadcasting? I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm hoping something comes up. Uh, as I mentioned, I finished school. So last year I graduated uh, with my bachelor's in journalism and media studies. Um, and I'm not really, I mean, typically if you go that route, I have friends that I graduated with that work for like local news stations here, but racing is what I want to do sports. I mean, I like basketball, baseball, hockey, um, but I want to be a sports commentator. I want to commentate racing. So uh, obviously doing the peak series since 2016 has been an awesome experience to be in. And then obviously some of the other special events that we get to do. And with the the teams coming on board this year and with NBC being a really big partner to be able to be live on NBC calling races is cool. So maybe one day the virtual race cars that I'm talking about on TV will be the real race cars. That's that's the end goal. Uh, but I'm still young. I've got time. So really having fun with where the, the eSports stuff is going. And if it continues to grow in the next couple of years and they keep me around like it has in the last few, then then Pete could be up there. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to open some doors for you, and, and uh, probably is, uh, uh, especially with the NBC stuff. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we got uh, at Nick Ottinger. How does Evan feel about putting pineapple on pizza? That's another easy one. That's a that's a big no. I like pineapple. <laughs> it is a separate dish from pizza. Um, I'm a, I'm a margarita pizza person. I don't know if, if the last name gives it away, but, uh, my family's Italian. So I, I love margarita pizza, Sicilian style. Uh, pineapple is a, a different story. Okay. At L Clampett 44 favorite NASCAR driver. So I teased that one earlier. I was a Jeff Gordon fan. Uh, that's the, the name that I first heard. Uh, that's what interested me in watching NASCAR and, Unfortunately, I never got to see Jeff win a championship while I was a fan. Uh, so the natural progression when Chase Elliott took over the 24 was to, to root for Chase. So if I had to pick a driver, uh, I would pick Chase Elliott. But I'm, I'm trying as I get in a little bit more of, I don't know how you would word it, but like a professional position to not have a favorite as much but if you if you go back on my twitter a couple of years ago you know the the jeff gordon brad kozlowski days i was firing off some hot takes back then so uh jeff gordon's always been my guy uh i'm favored i guess to the nine of chase but i'm I'm really trying to to be neutral which isn't as exciting i mean when you're a fan you want to have somebody to root for and it's a lot more engaging but i'm trying to be uh, more neutral these days okay very good uh, at Chris Overland 47, if you could replace Randy with anyone in the booth, dead or alive, who would it be? This is a tough one um, because it's a wide open window. And I know that, you know, when you, when you open it to anybody dead or alive, you can get some creative answers. But I've, I've always said that Alan Beswick is my, my favorite NASCAR commentator. I would love to have him back in the, the booth in general for, for Cup Series oh, yeah. or anything. I love him. Yeah, he's, he's my favorite. So, if we could have, I mean, we've had some special guests on, so, you know, if he stumbles across it, Alan, we'd love to have you, but uh, Alan Beswick's my, my favorite commentator of all time, so I think that, that has to be my answer. If you could, and I think you emulate him a little bit, his style, but he has a great style where he, 
leads the conversation and he really sets up Benny Parsons, you know, to say what Benny needs to say and the other guy. And uh, he was, he's just a master. I'd love him back in the booth. Like you said. Yeah, he's, he's great. It's it's no dull moment listening to him. And I feel like, I mean, I don't, think at least that I have like this voice. Like there's some people on TV that have just an incredible voice. And I feel like I'm just a person talking and, and having fun with it. And I think that's where a lot of people compliment us on how we do the peak stuff is we're just having a fun time. Um, I mean, if you listen back, I mentioned how I started, you know, pit road stuff, emailing people around, all those are still on YouTube. So if, if you dug up some broadcasts that I was on from 2013, 2014, it's pretty rough, you know, a lot of mumbling, not quite confident in, in being able to, to talk and be loud and expressive. And I think that's kind of been my progression arc is just be more comfortable and, and having fun with it. So uh, I, I agree and I try uh, to maybe emulate Alan a little bit because that's who I would look up to. Yeah. And you guys, uh, you and Randy are doing a great job. And uh, I think uh, you gelled over the years, so to speak. And uh uh, really are adding to the broadcast. It's been really uh, entertaining to watch this year. Let's keep rolling. Uh, at I'm Ricky T says, what, if any, innovation would he like to see implemented in iRacing to help the broadcasting? So we've seen this as well with the Heat League. And actually, we had uh, a couple of conversations leading up to how we produce the NBC shows that we've had. And I've also talked uh, with NASCAR people directly about this as far as trying to map out where these broadcasts will go in the future is I want to have more, I guess it's not an in-car camera. It's like an in rig camera where you see the driver because I, I always think that the coolest thing about sim racing compared to some of these other esports things, you know, you have Madden, you have NBA 2K, it's backed by, you know, the sanctioning body, but it's on a controller. And the really cool thing about sim racing is if it's, you know, a basic wheel like I have entry level or if you've got your sim rig and you're really serious about it, you're doing the action, you're driving the car. So I think that a lot of people, if they don't know about esports and you know they, they see the broadcasts that are broadcasted live on the NASCAR Facebook page, they might say, you know, what is this? Why do I care? So you need stakes. And we have that now with uh, the $112,000 purse that's uh, in this 2019 Peak Series campaign, but also it needs to relate to the driver. So I would like to have more cameras with the drivers. If they wreck out, I want that shot of them, you know, throwing their headset down. I think that emotion is something that we need to work towards capturing in the future. Yeah, I completely agree. Put a name with a face, uh, yep. so to speak. And and uh, like for a good example, it's the Casey Kerwin when uh, he had that great reaction at the end of the race and he had his uh, face on cam and NASCAR was running that on social media and that stuff is gold. It was great. It was great to see that video cycle around. And uh, I know some of the cameras and audio we might not be able to take live because guys get a little bit energetic and maybe say something that can't go on the broadcast. But yeah, I, I mean, if we could have, I mean, and we do, we have, uh, you know, VR live shots, which I love in the broadcast, but we're limited in how many drivers cameras we can get. So, you know, obviously working towards in the future, if we could get more cameras to be able to take those cameras instantly if somebody wrecks out, if somebody takes a race win, they're going to do it on the race weekends. Driver wins, next thing you hear is, you know, the driver radio. So I think that's something uh, that TV does really good and I think that we should work for. Yeah, and NBC's got the kind of technical resources to pull that kind of stuff off. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, at P.D. Coleman Jr., I want to know if Evan had his wish in broadcasting, would he want to be the next Rick Allen and commentate real races? 
or continue to be the pioneering voice of esports and grow that pl platform on television, given the choice between the two. Well, I think it's funny because I, I get messages uh, from people on Twitter and stuff and, you know, being the voice that a lot of people who don't know the, the oval sim racing stuff here first through the peak broadcast or, or on its TV. I find it weird that, that I'm the voice or, you know, a voice associated with eNASCAR. Uh, like I said, the goal has always been to, to commentate real races. That's what I saw on TV. I saw that there was an iRacing equivalency. I saw that this was an opportunity for me who, I, you know, I thought at the time, well, there's no way I'm ever going to do it on TV. So let's just call it on iRacing and it'll be fun. But the way, I mean, I've done one real race at the Bullring up here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So I have commentated one real race. It was a super late model race and, and that was fun. But the way that this series has now gone in this last year if NBC likes what we're doing with these special events and maybe down the road a TV partner picks it up, that kind of reaches that goal of being on TV. Like, if esports continues to grow, sim racing's huge, and it, it's bigger than it's ever been, but it's still lagging behind some of the others. If it gets to the point where we're giving out millions and millions of dollars, I'm totally happy doing what I do now. But I, I think the, the end goal is always, you know, to, to commentate, nascar cup series action that's that's been the dream since i started doing this and like i said four six years ago whatever it may be when i started uh it was totally ridiculous to even think that that was a possibility and somehow the the cards have fallen and i've ended up being the one in this spot and you know so thankful for the opportunity and, and hopefully it leads somewhere well some people would argue you're you're actually calling better action than actual nascar action uh because these drivers have been just giving you lots to work with uh the racing's been great. Uh, let's keep moving. At John Boy 062205. Uh, all he's wanted to know when he is broadcasting a race, how many monitors do you use and what do you have on them? Yeah, so I have my I have my three screens and they're all I think they're 24 inch monitors. So I've got the three triples up. So when I race, it's the immersive experience. Um, so I'm always in the sim. So if it's peak, if it's ignite later tonight, and even for NBC. Um, you know, we can have a production feed so I can reference, you know, when a replay angle comes up, I'll have the production feed up on my left-hand screen uh, with TeamSpeak or a clear feed, which are the two different programs that we use to broadcast from. So I can glance over to my left and see what specific shot we're on live, if it's a wider angle, if it's a tighter angle, if a replay is up. But I'm always in the sim. Uh, so that's always up on the middle screen. I can change between cars and cameras and, and do whatever I want. And then on my right-hand side, we have broadcast notes. Uh, so, you know, your, your standard stuff, like here's the plug that you have to, you know, an ad read that you have to say at lap 30. I've got all my plugs. I've got the points, the standings, and, and all that on my right screen, as well as uh, the live Twitch feed. So I can kind of keep a half eye on chat. Uh, but it's a full three-screen setup. Uh, I am trying to, I mean, these monitors, I talk about upgrading everything else in my setup. These are the same monitors I've been using since 2014. I, I want to get next to monitor that can flip on the stand, like just rotate it from landscape to portrait. Because if I have a vertical monitor, it'll be a lot easier to read the Google Doc that we're looking at, as opposed to it being squished on the screen now. It would make things a lot easier because there's a lot of different things that I'm being told to to say here and say there. But I'm using all three screens. Sometimes I've got my laptop up if I want another feed of something. So we're we're totally immersed in it. But 100% of the time, I'm always in the sim as well. So I want to ask you a little bit about NBC races. Um, the first race, 
I mean, at some at most of the race, you were actually basically calling it by yourself. I mean, uh, there were people that were jumping in at some point. I think I heard Randy once, just for a moment. But uh, what was the story with that? And then on the second race, I thought it was much better because we had Steve join in with you, and you guys were kind of tandem calling the race, and that worked out much better. Uh, is there any talk of going to a third, maybe having Jeff or Dale as well? Well, we started, and the first one was, uh, you know, as you mentioned, it, it was just me. So we had a lot of uh, conference calls with NBC and a lot of email threads, and I wasn't entirely sure how it was going to happen, uh, you know, if I'd have to go to commercial and come back. But it's totally different than when we're doing Peak. So even as big of a deal as Peak is now, it's still our group of, you know, me, Tim, and Randy calling it. Hugo's producing the stream. We might have Justin behind the scenes uh, in the sim kind of sending us some info and some other people from my racing around, but I have total anonymity as far as, you know, what I'm going to do. I can say, let's look at the battle for 17th. We're going there. The only thing that I'm required to do is get the ad reads in when those are required, uh, you know, for my racing and whatnot. But for the peak or for the NBC thing, for the peak uh, exhibition race we did, it's totally different. I had, I think nine voices in my ear, which I haven't been used to in a while. So that was difficult. We had, uh, iRacing people calling out cameras from NBC to our people who were remoting in those camera angles. So just like Hugo would do for Peak, that's a separate person who's streaming their view uh, to what is the broadcast. Um, and it was just me talking, and I didn't really know when we were going to go to Jeff and or Steve, and we had Parker and AJ. Uh, so I would just kind of talk until they told me to go to them. And it was, I mean, I'm always critical of myself, so I don't think I did the best that I could have done. So when we talked afterwards, I said, well, what I would really like is to be able to bounce off Steve. Steve was nice enough to join us uh, when they announced that his team uh, with Latardi Sports was coming into the series. He actually joined us at Richmond. Uh, so we had an opportunity, me and him, to kind of bounce back and forth for 10 minutes or so in that race. So we had, you know, some history talking off of one another. But uh, I completely agree with you. That's the one thing I'd asked for, and, and NBC was happy to make it happen, uh, where they would leave Steve's mic open uh, and me and him bounce back and forth. So I, I mentioned earlier that I was talking with some people at NASCAR about, you know, where these broadcasts are going to go. And, and they asked me, you know, what do you think your ideal booth situation is? And I like two or three people. We have three for peak, and it was kind of me and Steve for the NBC thing. And then you have your studio hosts and your analysts and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we'd love to – I don't know how the uh, race at Homestead's going to go, so that's still kind of in the works as well. But uh, would love to have drivers and, you know, Steve, his background, Jeff, his background. It was great to have their input on the first, but uh, it was really good to have Steve work with me on that second one. I was thinking it might be better if they could send you to Charlotte and you just sit with them in if, the same room. If they sent uh, sent me uh, some info for a plane ticket, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> It'd be easier, maybe. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're running out of time, so we're going to move into, let's talk peak, uh, specifically the Indy race that you mentioned, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, let's talk about what happened there. Uh, Jimmy, Mullen, uh, win Jimmy Mullis wins the pole. Uh, Corey Vincent pulls out a dramatic win at Indy as Blake Reynolds runs out of fuel coming to the checkered flag. Reynolds blocks Kerwin on the front stretch to secure second. Uh, Leahy comes home third after leading uh, 40 of the 80 laps. Zelensky jumps to the lead after the late caution. Leahy and Vincent choose to save fuel while Zelensky burns up fuel leading. And uh, he had to pit, uh, I think, with two or three to go there. Uh, really a heartbreak for Bobby. I thought he had it. 
Yeah, that was that was tough, and you know, I I don't know if it was a commentator's curse or what, but me and Randy had made the point at the start of the broadcast that I think we touched on it late. You know, he's very good at road courses, Bobby. So he could, if he needed to, he might find success when we go to the Roval in two weeks' time. Uh, but he would have easily been above that top four cut line if it had ended, you know, two laps sooner. He runs out of fuel entirely, had to come down to the pit lane, finished, you know, high thirties, and he's now dead last uh, of our eight drivers in the playoffs but the finish was crazy because like i said it would have been well we had three different first time race winners in the series for the last couple of weeks so uh, you know blake is looking for his first first for the team and you got to keep in mind not only do we have individual race payouts which sometimes kind of get lost in the fray but you win the race you get 500 dollars. so not only is that on the line for blake but also if he wins that race he is locked in to the championship four instead of being right on the bubble now. So he's racing for $500 and a shot at $40,000. You know, you feel really bad for Casey who gets driven into the fence there. Uh, but I, I probably, I mean, I don't think anybody who says that they wouldn't have done the same thing is telling the truth. And it's part of racing. Uh, if they were in the same room, might've been a fight. I don't know. Casey handled it pretty well at the end. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, Keegan Leahy's in the right spot and uh, finds himself uh, gaining some positions. Corey Vincent's the one who was in third position. He ends up going about on the outside to win the race. First time he's been in victory lane since 2016. So that's why even, you know, early in the season, uh, you know, our first seven or eight races uh, all had wins and margins of victory by less than a second. So while Indy wasn't the closest margin of victory we've seen by a long shot this year, the fact that there are all those other elements of the payouts and the championship and everything that's on the line, that's why these races at this time of the year are so exciting for me. And then obviously we get to go to the Roval in two weeks' time, which uh, we haven't seen on the schedule in the past. So uh, first time to see that one really favors guys like Bobby Zelensky, who are, are you know more adept to the road courses, being a pro uh, in both disciplines. Uh, that's going to be a really fun race. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was great uh, ending because, you know, Vincent third ends up winning, you know, uh, Blake Reynolds. I mean, before the the last lap, the, I would think it was three or four to go. There was some blocking going on NASCAR style. But and there was actually a thread on the forums about it where people were discussing. And one guy was like, you know, what is this? Is this how iRacing is? We allow blocking. But, you know, with this package and it's 2019 and it happens in real NASCAR, they're not doing anything different than we do in real NASCAR. I mean, uh, Blake, you could even say that he went low on that last lap because he ran out of gas. He's trying to get out of the way. But, you know, he sees the checker flying, you know, and he's like, well, man, if I could just get down, maybe I can keep it, you know? Yeah, I mean, if I was him, I'd say, listen, I ran out of gas. I pulled Dan out of the way, and then he drove into the back of me. But uh, you're right. With the the way the package works, iRacing is kind of like the perfect version of what the package was envisioned to be because you, you know you don't have to worry about cars in different equipment levels big teams smaller teams speed difference and all that everybody's got the same car now when you're at the peak series the teams behind the scenes do play a big part in the setups i mean that's a huge thing the amount of time that goes in behind the scenes i think a casual viewer really doesn't get the grasp of that but that that's the way they race and that's why i mentioned fontana earlier was a crazy race and uh, Homestead's going to be certainly different when, by the time we get to that one uh, next month, but that's the way it is. And obviously, you had that perfect situation where everybody needed about two and a half laps of fuel to save, so they're getting out front, 
and it looks like that they're throwing these huge blocks in their way slow. It's it's not really that the car behind them had that huge of a run. It's just they were lifting because you couldn't save any fuel out front. And that's what hurt Bobby by jumping to the lead after the last restart there is he wasn't able to save any fuel. The guys behind him were drafting off of him. That's why he wasn't able to make the distance. So it's like the perfect version of the package. And that combined with the set of circumstances where I don't think many cars were doing, you know, the right foot all the way down on the straightaways there in the final 10 laps led us to probably one of the most memorable finishes I've seen uh, since I started doing this in 2016. And uh, at least got to be a, a top three result all time, just based on not only how crazy that last run out of turn four was, but you go back, watch those whole 15, 10 laps to the end uh, was some pretty crazy stuff. It was. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely watched those. Um, iRacing did a great job uh, publishing short videos, uh, four to seven minutes uh, of those laps, so you could uh, take a look at what happened. Uh, so check those out, people. Uh, some really good racing going on. At first, uh, it just looked like he just went down to block. It didn't. I didn't know he ran out of fuel. I think you guys said he ran out of fuel, but it didn't look like he did because we were looking at uh, straight on a shot. And... Uh, I'm like, what is he doing? Uh, but no, he did run out. If you, When you got an overhead shot, you can certainly see the lack of speed all of a sudden. And because I was I was in the sim, I always used the chopper cam. So I, I saw I had the distance, and it's funny because you kind of have to, you know, set yourself up to make the call. So I was setting myself up to make the call that he was going to win it, and I saw the gap closing, and I was kind of expecting that to happen anyways because there was a draft, but... Obviously, when I saw him dive to the inside, and, and if you go back and watch the live shot, you actually see the flames come out of the right-hand side of the car when it sputters, and it's done. Uh, so, and, and Randy's also goes out of gas and drives him into the fence. He goes to block, but when he hit him, they both end up uh, you know, down on the inside, and Corey's minding his own business. And third, he ran out of fuel. We talked to him after the race. He was out of gas by the time they got to turn one. So, I mean, the difference there is a razor-thin margin, and... Uh, he happened to, to save just enough. Those extra 10 seconds of on-throttle time was the difference uh, between dropping out of the race lead after running out on turn four and being the guy that goes around those cars to win it. All right. Uh, other news that you uh, put out, uh, they're actually going to broadcast the final race at Homestead on a Thursday, October 10th, on NBCSN, uh, national broadcast. Uh that's great news. Um, you know, we knew this thing at the last Thursday of every month was for four weeks, kind of an experiment with NBC. What uh, made them, you know, decide to take this next move? I know we heard it from Dale Jr. about they were going to, they finally decided to do it, but uh, this is a great step for this series. As far as I know, and uh, after the first NBC broadcast that we had with the, the race at Iowa, got an opportunity to chat with some of the people over there and uh, they said that not only was the the social media response, which is a big part. So if you're watching these races and you're supporting them and you're tweeting or Facebooking about them, I mean, NBC sees that because the first thing they said is, you know, our social media response was great. I mean, 99% of the feedback was positive feedback. And of course, the executives of NBC liked it. Uh, I guess the typical way, uh, you know, a broadcast slot like that works in the you know the 5 p.m. slot on TV is a lot of people tune in at the start of a program and then they kind of trail off. And, and while I didn't get any specific numbers, I was told that our viewership actually continued to go up as the race progressed. Again, 
a lot of people, they see cars racing, they might think it's a race. So we tried to mention every time we would come back from a break or intermittently, you know, this is what this series is. And uh, NBC has been a great partner. So the response was huge. Uh, obviously, Rockingham was uh, a fun one that we got to do for the second one. And uh, because of some scheduling conflicts, we're not going to have the Thursday at the end of this month because something else is going to be uh, in that last Thursday of the month time slot. But uh, there was kind of some rumblings about this was going to happen, and I, I got a little bit of a heads up. And, uh, of course, we were able to announce at the end of that Rockingham broadcast uh, that it will be live on, on that Thursday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. I believe it's going to be a, a two-hour slot, which means that the race distance might have to be a little bit shorter because I think going to years past, we've gone a little bit over two hours, two and a half hours. And when you're streaming online, that's fine. You know, we can talk for however long we want when you're on TV. It's a lot more structured. So uh, the race distance might be a little bit shorter, uh, but the idea was we wanted to get that news out as soon as we could because drivers who are used to racing, you know, at 9 o'clock Eastern time on a Tuesday night may not be available at 5 o'clock on a Thursday. So try to give them a heads up, and, and hopefully uh, everybody, if not a vast majority of our 40 drivers, uh, will be available and uh, to race with us. But it's it's super exciting that NBC is picking up this last race. Uh, you know, the exhibition races were a huge step. The first time that any sort of sim race was broadcast on national TV here in the U.S. Uh, but it is another step up when it's not a, a short sprint exhibition. I mean, this is the real deal. Uh, $40,000 race to whoever wins it of those championship four. Yeah, it's going to be fun for sure um, to watch. Now, I... Any problem with the driver switching from the normal uh, Tuesdays to to that Thursday? I think based on what I've heard, the the heads up has been enough. I know drivers, you know, we're trying to, I guess, uh, lobby that it stay on Tuesday just because you have that spot designated. You know, you're going to be in this series, and and Tuesday nights is is your window for me on Tuesday nights. Every right. other Tuesday, I'm home. I I got to be available. Uh, I I I feel very confident that all of our uh, playoff drivers, whoever end up being our championship four, will definitely be there. Uh, I Like I said, it, it should be everybody. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal just because they've got a month and a half to plan. Things come up, stuff happens, and uh, you know we, we thought about uh, trying to get a later time slot on that because uh, you know it's 2 o'clock on the West Coast where I am, so it is earlier uh, significantly if, if you're at work and whatnot, but I've been able to to get it off having the heads up. So hopefully everything uh, works out, and, and hopefully we have a great race. Uh, if you watched last year's finale at Homestead, we had our championship four drivers lined up, one, two, three, four, driving to the end. Obviously, Ray Alfala and uh, Ryan Luza going at it all the way to the final quarter. So it was uh, an ideal race. I hope that uh, this year can bring that same excitement. Okay, yep. Um, it's great news, and I, I certainly hope... Uh, this continues into next season uh, with the 2020, and hopefully we can continue this stuff. Uh, let's uh, talk. Let's jump to uh, Ignite before you have to leave us. Let's talk about the Ignite series. Now they're running their final tonight, Martinsville. Uh, tell us what we're uh, going to see there. So it's going to be a little different of a format than what we've seen uh, to this point. So obviously. Uh, the entire Ignite series wasn't broadcasted because it ran like an official uh, iRacing series. Uh, so we had, uh, you know, 300, 341 different drivers compete, but we've been broadcasting the playoffs. So we've had 50 drivers for the last four weeks. We went to Richmond, Bristol, Thompson, and New Hampshire, and they've been racing in heat races. So we've had heat races, LCQs, 17 cars make the main, 
and then they race it out, and there's a substantial higher amount of points available if you make the main or not. So we have cut down those 50 drivers to 30, and uh, we're going to racing at Martinsville tonight. Uh, no heat races, none of that. It's 100 laps, and uh, obviously, like we saw last year with Zach Novak, who won the Ignite Series and is doing pretty good for himself now. He's got picked up by Roush in the draft for peak, and uh, was able to win that race uh, just recently at Rockingham on NBCSN. Uh, the winner of the race tonight, uh, there is no, you know, only four playoff drivers, everybody else, 30 cars. Whoever wins this race uh, is going to get a $10,000 racing scholarship as well as they're going to get two real-world uh, testing opportunities. They're going to get to uh, drive a Legends car and they are going to get an opportunity to test a NASCAR Pinty Series car. So $10,000 on the line for a bunch of 13 to 16-year-olds tonight. Uh, this is a, a very good way, I think, uh, to kind of get drivers to develop. Some of the drivers in this series are already getting that real-life experience. Cole Cabray and Parker Retzlaff, two drivers uh, who have actually taken up all of the race wins for the playoffs so far, have that uh, bit of experience already as well. But uh, there's uh, a lot of pressure on these kids that I'm sure they're uh, going to be feeling it when we get set to go racing tonight. So uh, that one starts uh, top of the hour at 8 o'clock Eastern this evening. Uh, and it's the last one of the year. I'm, I'm sure Ignite will be back next year. It's a fun one on Thursdays. Uh, if you like the heat style racing, again, we had the modifieds this year. It was Legends last year. It's so much fun and uh, looking forward to see how this one plays out because it's different than all the other ones have been. So we'll see who adapts the best. Yeah, yeah. Great opportunity for these kids. Um, what a high stakes uh, race, man. That's going to be fun to watch just with seeing that much on the line. Well, Evan Pasoko, we're so happy to have you on. Uh, you are the voice of iRacing in a, in a lot of ways, and we certainly do appreciate that. We do talk about Peak and what you guys do each each week uh, uh, through on this podcast all the time. And so you're welcome back anytime, and uh, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks again for the invite. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I still think it's it's crazy that, you know, I've commentated with nine, ten different, you know, broadcast companies on dozens and dozens of different leagues over the years. And it was always, I like doing this. iRacing is really the only way to do it. It's a, you know, great entry level for people to start racing. Uh, if you want to broadcast, if this is something that you find interesting, give it a shot. You know, uh, I still do the LSR TV stuff, which I've been doing since I started in 2013. We're always looking for people to get into it. So if you're like I was six years ago, you know, let us know. It, it's tons of fun. But to, to see how not only I was given the opportunity in 2016 to take over the Peak Series when it moved to race spot, but to now kind of have even more of an opportunity with NASCAR and NBC being behind it, uh, it's it's truly a blessing. I'm having a ton of fun every Tuesday night and Thursday nights uh, with the Ignite series, but uh, I encourage everybody to tune in in two weeks from Charlotte, and of course, don't miss that Homestead race. And like I said, NBC is following along on social media. If you want to see more, let them know. Tweet about it. Talk about it. Uh, they love that feedback and uh, support sim racing whenever you can. It's something that I'm passionate about, so I try to support it and be a part of it. Then. Uh, hopefully, uh, it's it's only up from here, not only for you know our group in the Peak Series, but everybody in iRacing, because the larger sim racing grows, the more opportunities there are going to be for more people. All right. Well, thanks for the call out. Yeah, we'll get on social media for sure and uh, make sure they understand we like that, because it is fun to watch. I was watching it in my living room, and you couldn't even tell with the NASCAR overlay, the NBC overlays with timing and scoring and stuff. It looks like a real NASCAR race, I mean, and uh Anyway, uh, thank you so much for coming. All right, next up, Will. 
Can you tell us about our new USAC World Championship round number one? Yeah, round one of the USAC World Championship kicked off, uh, I believe, Monday night? Um, no, no, yeah, Wednesday night. Sorry, I'm all out of whack here. Um, they were running at Fairbury. Um, it was a, I'll just do a quick review here. It was a really good racing. Um, heat races were phenomenal. The track kind of got to a point where it wasn't as a, it was still racy, just a lot more, a, a lot difficulter. If I could speak right, um, in the feature, um, it was a little weird seeing Alex Bergeron, not in a 12 car. Um, you saw a lot of drivers making mistakes. Um, even one guy flipped while in a transfer spot in his, uh, B main, so I think they did a good job of showing off how difficult these cars are to run. Um, some of the best out there were making mistakes. Um, it seemed like there was some te technical difficulties. It was uh, kind of hard to tell. It just seemed really pixelated. I watched it on my phone, tablet, and the TV screen. And it kind of went through all three, so uh, connection was good. Um, but on all, it was just really good racing, great on-track action. Um, really, the biggest criticism I have is uh, caution flag laps um they should not count in the feature they really gotta figure that out but all all in all i think it was a good event okay yeah i did watch uh, some of this myself and i got the same impression these are harder cars to drive the ones with the big wings on the top uh, they don't spin those out very much uh, but boy if you just touch the wall a little bit or something you're done i mean it, it just takes you out yeah yeah, and the way the, the track was working up, during the heats, you could kind of run the bottom, but you had the risk of clipping those tractor tires, and then you could run the fence, but if you jumped the cushion, you were in the wall, and uh, it's there's uh, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. There's difficulties on both sides, and uh, I think they did a great job. Um, just uh, love to see those caution flag laps not count. I mean, I think we saw even Alex Bergeron parked at one point, so, and he's the best of the best right now. So it's a uh, good, good racing. Yeah, it was a good first event. I mean, I was uh, trying to get used to the paint jobs and who is who and, and trying to figure out who these drivers are. Um, a lot of new names I haven't seen before. Uh, a few I've recognized, but not very many. All right, let's keep moving. David, uh, let's talk about season four. Uh, we're a weekend and uh, let's talk all the bugs. So there are quite a few bugs. The first thing we have is a post from one of our developers talking about the new skipping damage model. And he essentially say this is a beta release and we want you to give all the feedback as we, and we're going to continue to patch and work on it. And uh, I think that's a good idea. We've, we've talked about that. So they've been using the skippy kind of as the, they did the same thing with the tire model. Now they're doing it with the damage model. Uh, there's some reports of hard crashes and some other things, but it is essentially still a beta release and they're and they're basically using this all to to help find the kinks well think about it how many skippies have been wrecked because they released this versus how many of the times they wreck it when it's just a closed beta, you know closed beta with their testers i mean i'm sure they're getting all kinds of data you can do all the kinds of all the quality assurance you want in a, in a small facility and it's just it's not going to find the same things that get found when you put it out on all the different hardware that exists out in the world. I certainly had fun trying to wreck it uh, during the, the test drive. We also have a report that the Toyota Supra that's just been released is not working on plate tracks. Okay, that's a problem. And uh, Tony noticed this. I did not. I have noticed it on mine. Uh, we, we both run a virtual. We both run a VR. Uh, that the virtual mirror is extremely dark. I think it had to do if you have HDR on or not, but no. I think they did fix it in the hot release. 
That's interesting because there's no reason to run HDR in VR. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to check that. Okay. And then I think Jesse was going to tell us about the uh, rally cars. Yeah, the uh, rally cars had a little bit of a bug fix as well. It looks like that uh, guys are having a problem with dirt on the asphalt creating uh, extra grip. And so they've uh, nipped that in the butt and gone ahead and got that all patched up, it looks like, as well. Um, another uh, kink in the uh, hose that they got fixed up is uh, fixed setups broken in the beta UI as well, like you guys were touching on with uh, beta UI, you know, bugs and uh, getting them out of the system. So it's it's a better program at the end. Uh, thirdly, we got uh, B open points have been reset. I would assume that that came with the new cars, uh, but guys that are points racers, myself uh, included, uh, that you know, that was a little bit of a kick in the shorts for sure. Yeah, and it still isn't fixed. Uh, they're still working on that. Then we had a hot fix. Uh, so they call it Season 4 Hot Fix 1. And uh, the release notes, they did some rendering issues. Uh, broadcast mode, they fixed that. Everyone was asking, what is this broadcast mode? And what it is, and I, this is first one for me. I've never heard of this. If you're in a, a race or a ghosting or watching a race, not when you're in the car, you're watching a race, hit control, alt, shift, home, and it turns into broadcast mode. Now, on my triples, on half of them, it put a nice, you know, video of the, of the race without any overlays or F3 boxes or anything. And then on the other third was the normal sim that you would normally see. So you could switch cameras on the right side and you would see it on the left side. And so I didn't know this even existed, but apparently it broke and they had to fix it. And so that's how you use it. Try it. Control, Alt, Shift, Home. It, it, I've never seen anything like it, uh, but it's kind of neat. If you're watching a race, I would probably find a way to use it. Uh, audio. There were too many sounds being played would cause disconnect or SIM crashes. They fixed that. Uh, the rally cross, they fixed that. Here's the VR dark mirror. It says virtual mirror was rendering too dark in HDR mode. Uh, they added SimuCube as a sponsorship in the paint shop. In the new Audi car, they had to uh, do some engine cooling uh, because it was getting too hot. Uh, they adjusted brake bias, and the tire scrubbing sound volume is increased. Uh, and then they fixed the Delara F3. Uh, brake bias is now adjustable in fixed setup races. Uh, they added a fixed uh, setup. Uh, Xfinity cars, a Talladega fixed setup was updated. Uh, Skippy uh, engine smoke now comes from the engine. Tire pressure minimums increased to 25. Uh, and then a few uh, adjustments at Barcelona with uh, course cuts. And the Fairbury Speedway flagman and wall issue fixed. And that's our release. Uh, Jesse, take a lap around Indy with Bobby Labonte. Yes, NASCAR again uses, or excuse me, Fox again uses uh, the iRacing platform to go ahead and take a virtual lap with uh, Bobby Labonte this time behind the wheel of uh, iRacing to uh, go ahead and give the play-by-play -play of the uh, tricky place they call Indianapolis. That's uh, awesome that they do this. Now, it's cool that they're switching it up and, and doing drivers, you know, such as Bobby, who's, as they show in the, the clip, uh, you know, has won there. So he's got a little bit of an experience on the way to get around it. So it's it's a, it's a cool way to, you know, it's a win-win system, like always. And it's just, it's cool that they keep doing this. Yeah. Never heard of Bobby Labonte doing it, but that's cool. All right, David, uh, Track Walk Barcelona. 
I'll take this one here. Oh, it's uh, Will. IRTrackWalk.com. Um, basically, you can make virtual walks around the track, and they have added uh, Barcelona. So if you want to kind of get a good look around and kind of look at all the uh, breaking points, corners, the elevation changes and everything, as if you were actually work, walking on the track, just go to IRTrackWalk.com, and the new circuit, the Barcelona, is there. Yeah, I kind of tried this out. It's kind of interesting. We've seen it before with other tracks, and uh, it didn't take this guy long to get it done once uh, Barcelona came out. It's it's almost like going on Google Maps where you just kind of walk down the street, um, just street kind of jump. Yeah, you just jump like 10, 15 feet every now and then, but you have the ability to fully look around. You could do it in VR as well, so um, some some really cool stuff going on there. A track always looks really different and feels really different when you're on your feet versus in a car. Yeah, and then on my triples, I, it really is kind of a neat view. Yeah, to kind of check that out. David, tell us about lighting looks amazing. We got a post from an IRC member, Corey Silva, giving a very positive reviews to the new rating system, in the, uh, or no, the new lighting system, excuse me. Um, and the pictures look great. I mean, you look at this, and, and it's one of those... Is this really a sim or is it uh, real life? Uh, it's got a shot of what a dirt track and then a shot with the sun in the guy's eye. Um, a lot of really nice reviews on the new lighting system. Yeah, the the first one where it's nighttime, you're seeing like the ghost rays off the light poles that you know I normally would see when I go out at night and I see if I look up at a light pole, I see those kind of rays coming off of it. So very, it makes it look really realistic. And uh, the pictures of the one with the sun, too. I mean, man, it's like really bright, like you almost want to look away. Um, again, a, another layer of realistic. Okay, next up I got is Spotter Packs Info. Uh, there was some advice on new languages uh, in the, the Spotter Packs with the new languages. But basically, um, a lot of the people... Uh, that speak those languages have uh, piped up and said, uh, you guys didn't do a great job, uh, including Alexandria Godefrey from France. Uh, he tried out the French spotter pack, and uh, he said, it's obvious you just put some sentences into Google Translate and made them re and, and had them read by someone of your knowledge or someone who speaks a bit of French. And so he's saying that... Uh, the linguistics or whatever are not quite correct. And so, uh, of course, David Tucker from iRacing is all over it. Uh, he's asked everybody, hey, I'm looking for help. You know, if you guys want to work with me and, and uh, we'll improve these packs, uh, feel free to email him at david.tucker at iRacing.com with suggestions. And uh, they're going to try to, uh, you know, fix some of these issues. Yeah, the way Google Translate handles the vernacular of how people end up really speaking in a language, or even something like uh, if you use Rosetta Stone. I use Ros I, I've used Rosetta Stone to learn Spanish, got quite a few uh, Mexican friends here in the state, and um, I'll learn things a certain way on Rosetta Stone, and then I'll start talking to them, and they're like, nah, that's not how we really say it. All right, let's keep moving. David, summer iRacing not top 10 highlights. Well, this particular video is for the birds, man. Literally. In fact, the 10th replay, you, you see a bird as a guy's coming to the checkered flag sitting on a window pane. I don't know if, the, if it's his pet or if, if it actually just came in through an open window, but it basically jumps and flies right as he's taking the checkered flag on some rallycross track. 
We also have a lot of interesting, typical, not top ten shots, including a, a big one at a uh, at a road or at a a mile and a half track that takes out a large number of cars, and a couple of pit road fakeouts going wrong, including a guy at Pocono who tries to turn right and drives head on straight into the barrels. Yeah, the one with the bird coming in the window and then flying in his face is pretty funny. I like how the uh, the guy who turned into the barrels at uh, Pocono they they uh, put it in the in car cam so you could you could see how his mistake happened. They could have done him dirty and just did like the uh, overhead cam, and you would have thought, "What's that? What's that idiot doing?" But uh, you could see, see from the driver's perspective, he just did not expect or see those uh, barrels till it was too late. Yeah. All right, Jesse. Ty wins again. Yeah, you can call him five time now. He's five for five in that late model. Picked up yet another win. And, uh, you know, they, they say it in the comments right there on his Instagram post as well, but how he has not made any of the top three tier of NASCAR is shocking. It is. I mean, five in a row? Come on. It's got to be a financial issue. It's got to be. Well, yeah, we just need a company to sponsor this boy. I mean, I appreciate iRacing sponsoring him now, you know, so he at least is getting these. But, yeah, we need to get him up in NASCAR for sure. All right, next up I got is 2019 Season 3 Oval Series stats are put up by uh, Rob Crouch on the forums. And uh, he put up some nice pictographs here of some stats. Uh, I found a couple of them kind of interesting in... Uh, he's got I rating ranges and how many, how much percentage is within a certain range of I rating of the drivers. And the highest bracket is 1000 to 1500 is 36% of the drivers. And so my I rating is somewhere, uh, between 2,500 and 3000. And that's only 6% of the drivers. And then above me, in a, a brackets above my I rating, are only the top 10%. So I'm right under the top 10%, apparently. What other things do you guys see that was interesting? If you, uh, if you scroll a little further down, it, it says one driver finished seven full seasons. And the way I'm reading that is basically one, some, one person um, basically did seven full seasons. So that's, I'm assuming, seven different series made a start every week. Okay. That is pretty amazing. And uh five drivers had over four hundred and sixty four race starts in uh that season as well. That's a lot of racing. <laughs> uh the one that kinda got me too was the the international uh mix. Uh sixty one percent of the drivers are from the United States. I didn't know what the mix was, but uh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, also, the uh, iRacing Modified Tour Series had uh, the highest uh, percentage of DQs, and I'm going to think that has to do with the fact that there is uh, more people driving that car that haven't drove it in the past since it was a semi-new build or release. Right. I think it's uh, interesting to note that only 7% are an A license. Yeah, that is interesting. Rookie, 28%. D, 21%. C, 18%. And B, 26 Yeah, there's only more uh, rookie drivers than B. It's pretty interesting. Less than 1,000 between the two. 
Okay, well, let's keep moving. Will, we got a damage model update. Yeah, there was some talk about whether the K&N car would be the first car to receive the new damage model as it was the first oval. oval car to receive the uh, the new tire model. And Eric Hudick chimed in on the forums and said, uh, damage model is a work in progress on the K&N car with no ETA on the release date. Ooh, all right. At least we know they're working on it. Okay, uh, next up, I got a reminder about the car paint naming system. Actually, Drew Adamson uh, posted up a reminder in the forums uh, that when you go to label the car paint job, you need to label it as car underscore and then your ID number. Okay, and then if you're going to do a custom number, you do the car underscore in um underscore your ID number. So you got to add that underscore N-U-M. Yeah, and we're probably not going to reach some of the people that do this, but it does look really bad when you have the iRacing number stock, stacked up on top of your number that's a, a custom paint. Yeah, if you, uh, if you upload a paint to trading paints with a custom number, it will uh, apply it to the car, but unless you have uh, Trading Paints Pro, It'll only add the file as basically a car underscore, um, not the car underscore num underscore. So that I think that's what why people are doing that is they're uploading their paint with their custom number to Trading Paints without, without paying for Pro. Yeah, without being a pro. Um, I've stopped using Trading Paints and just put the file in the system myself. I can't see other people's paints, but at least I can see my car with my numbers, kind of how I got around it. Yeah, I'm not a fan because when you look at the relative or the spotters calling out a car number and you look at the paint and it's a different car number, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm a fan of the whole new number, custom number thing. But anyway, get it right, guys, if you're going to do it. If you're going to run a custom number, you have to have Trading Paints Pro. That's the message. And you got to name it right, okay? All right, Jesse, we got Season 4 Contest. Yeah, we got two now. So SimLab Challenge uh, is coming back again for Season 4 with a P1X chassis. Each race entry counts as uh, entry to the raffle. So uh, they had noted already that they've had quite the uh, population in this series, and that's good. Participation's up. That's what you want. The second one is the F3 car, which, uh, as we were talking about earlier, has the new tire model. And uh, SimuCube is now the new sponsor of that series. And if you run 10 of them, uh, you're going to go ahead and uh, sorry, excuse me, with the SimuCube logo in the primary position and the minimum lap requirement, you'll be entered to win a Simu SimuCube 2 Pro Direct Drive wheel base. I think uh, David Flowers and Will, you were talking about getting set up to do this, right? Yeah, it looks like you just have to put it as the primary sponsor in the Sim. And then if, say, you overlay your paint over it, that doesn't negatively affect you. I'm thinking if there's a top 10 video next month and they have any... F3 cars, you're going to see a lot of people out there with that SimiCube logo on it. Well, they may. you can throw the SimiCube logo in, but if you have a Trading Paints paint, it'll just go over it. It'll just override it. But I don't think there's really any way for SimiCube or iRacing to statistically see what's on your custom paints. So they'll just go based on what your iRacing setting is. Yeah, correct. All right, let's keep moving. David, drive throughs uh, so there's been a long time clamoring for having a, a different level of penalty once you get collect a certain number of X's. 
Um, we have a post from one of the developers saying that it's on their list of something they would like to get done, but there's uh, several different factors that have to be put into place to make it happen, but it is on the list. Yeah, that's not just a developer. That's a CEO, Tony Gardner. And so uh, if he says they're thinking about doing it, then they are. So. so I don't know. What do you guys think? If you get like 10x, you have to do a drive through penalty. Uh, would that be fair in like a, the Daytona 24? No, get them out of there. That's the penalty. Yeah, I'm not as worried about. I, I think most of the people who clamor for this are probably uh, the the road racers. I I don't want the crazy NIS drivers knowing that all they're going to get is a drive-through. No, right. I I'm pretty sure this isn't geared to oval. I think this is geared to road. I think the I think if you were able to split basically off tracks into its own category, so any off tracks affected whether you get a drive-through. And then just kind of keep uh, racing incidents as far as car contact in a secondary category for disqualifications would be best. I know I think they've mentioned that being in the past being really difficult, if not impossible to do. Um, but yeah, I think this is more directed towards the um, getting one X's for road racers. Okay, let's keep moving. One more before hardware software. Uh, Jesse, Anthony, Alfredo and Sim Seats. Yeah, they have partnered up for this weekend's race. Beautiful looking truck. Uh, a couple different posts from Instagram. First off, uh, Sim Seats uh, sponsoring him and an announcement upon uh, Alfredo's truck. Nice picture. Uh, he then also posted up a nice picture of the truck. Uh, very good looking black and white and blue, uh, you know, themed with the Sim Seats colors, of course. And then there's a third post we have here from Anthony as well, that uh, it's uh, been in iRacing. So there's a side-by-side -side picture of it in the garage and then also on iRacing. They did a really good job uh, rendering that one over to the sim as usual. Yeah, Anthony Alfredo is very active on iRacing. He, uh, he's streaming and he you know races a real truck in NASCAR. And we're going to try to get him on the show. I asked Mason to put him on the list and we'll talk to him about it and see. But it's cool to see Sim Seats getting involved as a NASCAR sponsor. Uh, and then look at the back, uh, the back of the truck. Guess what? We got iRacing on the back. It's a good looking truck all the way around. But yeah, on top of Sim Seats, you got iRacing on the tail. That's, that's a good combo right there. It is. All right, let's jump into hardware software. Uh, first up, Will. Fanatec, they introduce Fanalab software. Yeah, so if you're running some Fanatec hardware, as far as like the Formula Wheels, this software is really for you. Um, gives you full control, looks like, over um, basically any of the lighting and or digital dashes on the Fanatec um, hardware. So you could adjust when your shift lights come on, what telemetry data you get back, as far as whether you're what gear, what sector you're of, the track you're in, whatever you're looking for. Looks like it gives you really full control over that. Um, my only Fanatec gear is my pedals. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have tried the software or not. I haven't. Uh, I've thought about it, and I started to go to do it, but then I read some comments on Facebook, and apparently you have to be in the, the beta driver before it even works. And there was one guy who downloaded it, and he bricked his wheel. Uh, it, like his wheel would literally not work. He eventually got it working again by reinstalling some drivers, but that kind of scared me. And so I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not changing stuff on my wheel right now. Um, I set it and forget it. And so I'm just going to wait until it's not a beta and then maybe I'll try it then. Uh, what do you think, David? Any 
interest with you to try it? Mm, I'm until I get all my other issues out, I don't want to stack any more software. I've been having trouble since the latest Windows update with with Oculus, and I've been working with their tech support for the last two weeks, and they, they keep having me try to to disable that and disable this and disable that. Uh, but it's the Windows update that caused it, it sim racing apps to stop working with the pullout menus. So I don't, until I get that all that working, I don't know. I don't know if I'm what I'm missing, and I guess until I try it. But I, the way the force feedback is now, it feels fine to me. Right. All right, uh, David, tell us about KPCR sim racing rig S Dream. It's an eighty twenty. If you go to this link on this web on this particular website, you'll notice that it's in German. I did go ahead and use a translate feature. On I think the basic gist on this is they're trying to come up with a rig that's a little bit more compact in design. Uh, it's an eighty twenty rig, uh, seats not included, and as far as uh, the pricing is confusing because it just seems too cheap, um, and the it's your it's in European nomenclature, so it may be two hundred and so euros but i'm not sure it looks like a nice 8020 rig i mean the design of it and whatnot uh says in stock shipping time two to three weeks uh their website is m-o-t-e-d-i-s.com so check it out all right next up i got entry level 8020 sim uh this one is uh jcl dash simracing.com and uh, they have a nice 8020 rig as well and it shows as 549 euros so that price sounds more correct <laughs> the bucket uh it looks like the bucket seat's not included uh for that price but uh what do you guys think it looks like uh it's got some adjustability built in it with the way the the seat brackets are and the pedals are we should uh, get. Uh, we know how, how Shane like likes to go with the cheap rigs. We should look have him look at this one. <laughs> well, I, if, you know, if it's from Europe, obviously you got to think about shipping and whatnot. So I haven't looked into shipping on this, but boy, we're seeing a real proliferation of these eighty twenty rigs um, everywhere. Okay, let's keep going, Jesse. Uh, we got Penguin RC DIY section updates. Yeah, so it's been updated. There's a forum post where a couple of people were saying that navigating the site was a little touchy. Kind of, you kind of get more information on a, a certain product on the website, and it would just take you over to the PayPal section. Uh, so now they've uh, updated it, and uh, Penguin RC is happy to announce that we have our DIY and other parts section of the website online and ready to go. Knobs, buttons, clips, and assorted goodies. Yeah, so if you need a button or replacements, uh switch or encoder or an encoder knob or something for your wheel you might find it here it's penguinrc.com on that one he has some great wheels too but uh neat that he offers these parts i don't think he, he offered the parts before so all right will we got a fix for the ryzen 3000 to do overclock yeah i was trying to kind of browse through here pretty quick it looked like there was some issues um with the way it bo the boosted up your um, speeds and uh, AMD should have already released it. It looks like it came out September 10th, an update for the BIOS um, for the 3000 series CPU. So you, if you have one of those and you're ha having trouble, you might want to 
kind of look into that and get that resolved. Um, doesn't sound like it was a major issue, just uh, limiting performance a little bit. Well, when they first announced the card, they, they were saying it's going to have such and such performance uh, when it's overclocked. But when they actually came out, they weren't able to overclock them to that amount. And apparently this BIOS update will bring it back to where it should have been to begin with uh, as far as being able to overclock these babies. Okay, next up I got is another 8020 rig. Uh, this is the uh, setup video by uh, Sim Racing Garage. I've been watching a bunch of his videos lately, and he actually bought one of these and does a 49-minute video of setting it up and, uh, and basically a thorough review of this rig. Uh, I watched a good portion of this video, and I was impressed by the durability and design of this rig. Uh, it's got a lot of double welds where they don't really need them. Uh, he points out there's a ton of adjustability. It's not 80-20, but it's really kind of got a thick tubular. Really reminds me of the Obutto. That's a Track Racer TR8. And that's a T-R-A-K. That's uh, how they spell track. It looks like the wheel uh, mount actually has a little bit of flex in it. As I'm bouncing around in the video. Uh-huh. What, what do you think about the steering wheel uh, where it mounts? I mean, that looked really solid, I thought. You know, I feel like with these rigs, this one being the tubular, I just feel like 8020's got to be the way to go as far as customization and upgrades over time. I think back maybe five, six years ago, kind of like when the Obato was, uh, I think, kind of at its peak, this would have been a, a great competition rig for it. Um, but it just... I. Every time I see these rigs now, I just think 8020 just is kind of what's calling to me for my next rig just because of the customization of what you could do over time. If you look at around minute 20, you can see him moving the wheel up and down, and it's the whole – the wheel and the entire rig is, is got quite a bit of flex on it, and I just don't know how that would affect uh, the comfort of it with it being able to bounce up and down that much. Good point. Yeah, and that's a good point, Will. I mean, 8020 with the way the – the screws you know fit into the slots you know you can infinitely move stuff around and you could take it completely apart and redesign it and rebuild it you know yeah i got an old abutto and i've had to take it to my old fabrication shop back from when i used to race to make some modifications to it and uh there's a company out there called fast track sims has some rigs i've really liked for a while but once a uh, sim labs came aboard and i really looked into the 8020 i just i anytime i see anything that's not 8020 just i just think that's you're asking for trouble over time. Okay. David, we found some new pedals. Wave Italy. Wave Italy, obviously, Italian. Pretty expensive. We're up about 1,500 euros for a set of three. Um, you can handle, it can handle brake pressure up to about 100 kilograms with the base plate and reverse demola layout. Um, it comes with some different colored hardware on it. It is adjustable, and it has a load brake cell. And I was, I was glancing at, at the short video, promotional video they have and the adjustability that for the positioning on the throttle and the clutch is there's there's I, too many to count different options on the way you can set it up so um looks very nice they certainly do man um high end pedals i mean 1500 euros they do come with the base plate um i'm not sure i i'm a fan of the actual pedal that you put your foot on the little pedal plate i guess you would call it uh but you know the the stuff behind it man it looks high end 
I prefer the curved plate for my, well, at least for my brake. It just feels like a real car brake to me. Um, and then I use a flat, on my V3s, I have the flat gas pedal, the, the curved brake pedal, and then the flat clutch. Yeah, and they got two and three uh, pedal models and different versions as well. Uh, so check them out. Uh, they even have an inverted uh, set, uh, 1,630 euros. Uh, and you can do it inverted. And it, it's got the whole stand uh, where you just set the whole thing on the ground. You don't have to have a way to mount it. So that's kind of cool. Oh, you'll still want to mount it. Well, yeah, you would just screw it down like it would be a floor mounted, but they actually are hanging. But yeah, uh, that's waveitaly.com. All right, Will, we got Cube Control's Formula Wheel. Glad I got this topic. I think we've talked about them a long time ago in the past, and I bookmarked this link. Uh, these are some really nice add-on wheels if you have a direct drive um, motor already. Um, they have some great-looking Formula Wheels. They have some great-looking GT Wheels. Um, if I ever hit the lotto, this would be probably one of my third or fourth purchases. <laughs> this is one of the definitely the high-end ones for sure. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is what Max Verstappen uses and Lando Norris and their streams. Um, they used to keep control formula wheel. Um, just this, these are some of the nicest wheels I think I've ever seen. Great um, ergonomic looking designs as far as the way you get to the knobs and everything. Just uh, top of the line stuff here. Very well labeled. Uh, color-coded so to speak and the formula pro I, I clicked on that 999 euros and that has no display in it and man that is a uh, high-end cubecontrols.com Jesse we have a, a neat video a virtual walkthrough at the sim racing expo yes sim racing expo 2019 uh, as most of us probably wish we could have been there but we're not uh, to say the least, this guy has taken the time to put this uh, video together and walk through the entire expo for us. But uh, more than that, I think me personally, I've never been to anything of this nature, obviously. And to just guesstimate what you're walking into, you know, you have a million different ideas in your head and then he puts it all to light. Uh, it's pretty awesome to be able to say that you can experience a good chunk of everything there is to see through his, you know, his experience himself with holding his phone or camera or whatever uh, device he's, I think he believe he says it's Canon camera. And there's everything from GT cars everywhere to uh, rigs of every nature and every level price point. Uh, iRacing booth is awesome, like you would expect it to be. Uh, just everybody, there's manufacturers that I didn't expect to be as big of a part of a Sim Racing Expo as they were. I mean, I guess it makes sense going hand in hand with where it's headed and everything we're saying with uh, the broadcast and, and everybody, you know, working hand at Mazda and everything they're doing and that, but AMG has a booth, uh, you know, every, everybody there is, is about sim racing, obviously, but the fact that you can experience it and never have to pay a dollar or a plane ticket or any of the nature uh, is pretty cool that he took the time to do that for us. Yes. Yes. That's uh, gamer muscle videos is his name on YouTube. And you can uh, check out that video. I loved it because, like you said, it gives you uh, a sense of what it would be like to be there. And he basically walks through every booth and just gives you a visual of what's in the booth. And uh, it's kind of neat. And I actually, you know, 
uh, learned about some new companies that we've been talking about on the on the podcast because of watching this. So uh, there were some companies I've never heard of that he uh, he went by and uh, showed us, you know, what they have. Yeah, seen, very cool. I've seen a uh, you know a quick simmed up, you know, whatever whatever you call it, where it's in fast forward uh, time time sped up style, but never where he just you know shows you bit by bit. It's just awesome. And even the best part is how he doesn't even know where he's going. There's so much to look at. Where do we want to go next kind of thing? It's just awesome. Yeah, typical trade show kind of thing uh, with different booths and whatnot. And I was kind of surprised by the how many people. I, I, I didn't think there would be that much interest, but there's literally maybe hundreds, thousands of people there. You know, lines of pe- you know, people are standing in line to try a sim because, uh, you know, there's obviously sims everywhere and people are trying them. Well, I, I like how at every sim, you know, obviously every booth has a sim for the most part, if not two or three. And there's a dozen people either, like you say, waiting in line or just watching each other run laps. You know, it's just, it'd be such a cool vibe to go be a part of. Yep. All right. That's it for hardware software. Let's talk results, specifically the NASCAR iRacing series, Indianapolis, Thursday fixed, Iran, P21. Ugh, not my favorite. Uh, then Friday open, I got a P18, also not a great run for me. How about you, Jesse? I, uh, I'm lost. Where are we at, Mike? Sorry. Indianapolis, Friday open. Did I put anything for Friday? Oh, I don't know. Uh, hold on a minute. I lost my script. Yeah, I did too. What happened? Somebody's touching the script. I don't, I don't have anything noted, uh, and I believe uh, I called it good on Wednesday. Okay. So you had a good run on what was Wednesday? Yeah. Last Wednesday I got, uh, I don't even remember, is a, a solid finish. So I don't know. The script is getting acted up on though. Yeah, I lost the script, guys. Do you know what happened? Well, earlier some something was happening and somebody inserted about 20 pages. And then I turned around and deleted them. So it's the same issue. I think I just deleted whatever was going on there. I yeah. can't even open it. Close it and reopen it, Mike. Okay. I'll, I'll carry on while you're going. On Friday open, Rosette had a P6. He gambled and ran the set that he ran Thursday afternoon. He got to the front quick and stayed in the top five for most of the race. He even led laps, and he had a shot to win but grazed the wall while running second. And uh, Greg reported a P9 as well on the Friday race. All right, go ahead, David. I can't see anything. You're the man. All right. Uh, the next time we have any results is on the Sunday Open. Rochette taken out in the uh, by a wreck in the front early. He did about three barrel rolls and just I prob- probably didn't return. And I think I was the only other person running that morning. Um, and I had a pretty good race. Came in P2. Uh, in the closing laps, I was about second seconds behind the guy in front of me. It got down to two. I don't know if I had just that much better of a long run set or if he was saving his fuel because he was so much faster that he had to back off for a while. But uh, I'll take the P2. Well, that's a nice run. We were talking about uh, who didn't have an NIS Open win this year. And David, uh, look, I mean, even though you're running better in points than everybody, uh, you have the big fat zero. So, man, we got to get you that win. Yeah, I have I have the consistency. I'm just always running it with pretty tough competition and just haven't had the breaks. Uh, the, the time I had the best shot at it, I got dumped from the lead. So 
Uh, pretty sure I still remember that guy's name, too, but haven't really seen him on the track lately. Moving on to Sunday Fixed, I think, uh, Mike, you were the only one to run. Had a green flag run to lap 68 and was 31st to lap down and then rallied back up to P16. Oh, yeah. Now, that was a great run at Indy. Uh, man, I was so far back and, you know, I was a lap down, like you said, and and a bunch of, you know, short runs at the end of the race are just like my bread and butter. And uh, to be able to rally and get a lap back and whatnot and get a 16th for the week, I'm happy with that. All right, I do have the script back. Thank you. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, I'll jump into Vegas. Uh, Tony Rochette run Wednesday fixed. P4. He missed three out of four wrecks. Had light enough damage to hinder his speed. Wednesday open. David, you got P19. Yeah, those issues I was talking about with the rift, I had loaded in, ran my qualifying lap, and then set my rift on my rig and hopped up to use the restroom and came back, and the rift software had completely reset. And in iRacing, if it re if the rift resets, it no longer sees iRacing as a running app. So I had to exit iRacing and come back in. Came back in two laps down and was never able to get back on sequence. And so I finished 19th. I was It was about a 10th place car, uh, but I just... Uh, I was always fighting to get back from behind. Okay, and then Mason ran. He got P4. Ran back in the pack for the first 45 laps. Got a caution. Made ground up each of the next few cautions to stay in the top five. Battled hard for fourth. Headset went out halfway through, so he only had a tech spotter. Boy, that'd be pretty hard at Vegas with the pack racing. And uh, Jesse, P2. Yeah, I got a uh, runner-up yesterday, uh, top five car all race, uh, buying my time. I, uh, I, at one point, was able to jump out, get out of that uh, dirty air, and stretch my legs a little bit and get a, about a five-second lead for about 20 laps or so. Uh, that was a nice uh, nice change of pace from, you know, the uh, on-your-toes uh, door-to-door, three and four wide and three and four back uh, of, you know, this uh, Vegas package that we got going. The combo is... Uh, so it's a little Daytona right now, and uh, yeah, I just I had a caution, brought the field back together with just uh, about 16, 15 to go, and uh, was making some moves after we got out of the last pit stop, but I got all the way back up to second, but just in the last corner, I shoved him all the way in, hoping to push him up off the bottom, but he had a solid solid car, able to keep it on the white line and get there back to the line, but it's a good second place finish. Yeah, you kind of wonder what position you want to be in coming to the checker and i think at this track this week i think you want to be leading yeah i thought i was going to be able to do a switch me up but it's it's like you uh, found out today you know just seal the bottom and don't let anybody down there and you're good to go all right so let's talk about my race today i got a p1 baby i win i can't believe it my third open win of the week of the year uh and it's not a restrictor plate guys i can't believe it but man uh the first thing was, what set were we going to run? We had a variety of uh, different takes in this team on what set to run. A high down force, a lower down force, a middle down force. I uh, went with the low, uh, and I was a little worried because, uh, boy, the, the car would fade a little bit. I have to lift in the corners after about 10 to 15 laps, and I was just getting eaten alive uh, and passed them. But later, the car kind of came in. It was really weird, and... I could run it flat, and uh, and I was fine. But on short runs, we were just killing them. And sure enough, we got short runs at the end. I was uh, 
you know, in top 10 or something. But, you know, just a couple short runs. I'm from ninth to third. Then I'm third to first. And that last restart, I had to pass two or three guys. Uh, got the lead finally and just kept it on the bottom. Jesse, you were behind me driving, I think, but still spotting and giving me ideas about what to do. And, uh, man, I can't believe we won it. Yeah, it, uh, it was bad enough, you know, going right back. Same thing last lap, sir. And I think we were three wide, three or four rows back. Uh, and I'm peeking my nose in and out of traffic, trying to give Mike tips on what runs are coming and where things are going while all the while trying to keep myself out of disaster. Uh, but, you know, like he said, he had to make a couple power moves. He came he came on a, the second to last restart. He came from behind me and passed me standing still, put us three wide right up the middle and just rallied right on past me. Uh, and then just a couple power moves right there at the end uh, for you to get it done. I didn't get the final lap luck that you did. Uh, I was hoping I had uh, some right front damage from earlier incident. I caught uh, 14x in the first 40 laps. So uh, just a bad case of uh, overaggression and confidence uh, in the car I had way too early. Had uh, yourself, Mike, uh, you know, the uh, voice of reason calmly telling me uh, we got a long ways to go. And not long after I made the mistake. So I uh, should have listened to you, like I said, in race. But uh, P13 just got caught up off of four. They they wadded it up. And uh, it was just everybody was sliding over the line to see where you finished. And roll of the dice, I got 13th. But it uh, it is what it is. At least you got the win, Mike. That uh, only thing would have been better was a one-two. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, I took care of the car early. I was backing out of stuff and just letting these guys race and let them wad it up kind of thing. But, and, and I think that paid off because at the end, my car was in perfect condition. I had brand new tires. And like I, like you said, I didn't have to lift at all. I was just flat, you know, flat on the gas and I wasn't going to lift and, uh, and it worked. The car was fast enough. The set was fast enough. And boy, that set helped me win that race for sure. Uh, our friend Tony uh, Rochette ran with us. Uh, he got a P10. Uh, as usual, his freaking internet crapped out uh, early on, and he lost three laps. I think he got two of them back. or uh, No, he got four laps down, and he made up three of those and uh, ended, ended up with a top 10 anyway. So do you know what uh, Tony's internet is not powered by, Mike? What's that? It's not powered by iPitting. Oh. But our but our team standings are uh, because eye pitting makes it easy for you to keep track of your eye racing team's progress throughout the season with up to the minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for every run on your team. So go to iPitting, iPitting.com. And here's our standings update. New leader. No wins. That's you. I have the most points, you know, and I was glancing at this the spreadsheet and um, I've got three runner ups this year already and uh, nine top fives. And only one finished the entire season outside the top 20. So, granted, I, during the summer, I was basically able to run four NIS races. It's down to two now that uh, work's kicked in. We have ball games on Friday nights. But um, there's, you know, consistency there and persistence. Um, I remember early in the season, uh, Brent kind of rode my butt for not wanting to finish a race when I was dinged up. It's something along the lines of quitters never winners, and so I've spent most of the season uh, finishing races even when the car is dinged up, and as a result, I have a lot better I rating now, giving picking up a lot more points in Division Two as well. Uh, Follow close behind though; it's all still real tight. Tony's got ten. Stiver, Tony is ten behind me, and Cyber Mason he's uh, twelve behind. 
And then Hectus took a fall this week, and, and as well as, I don't remember how close Jesse was last week, but they're 40 and 52 out. Then McCoy got back in the NIS fixed top rankings he, he, after his week off at Darlington. Um, he's seven points ahead with Mike, or no, yeah, seven points ahead with Mike close behind, and Bill is also right there with 18. So it's, it's really a three-man battle. Tony is 100 points out. I had fun looking at the eye-pitting grid uh, thing that you published in our chat just to see what my finishes are for the week. It's kind of a neat visual to be able to look at the grid and compare to our, our teammates, yeah, who has the most wins and who doesn't have wins. And we were able to see that, David, you didn't have a win yet, and also Bill Hull didn't have a win yet. And so as a team, we're going to try to focus and rally around you guys and get you those wins. Yeah, eye-pitting is pretty cool. Check it out. All right, let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. Anybody out there that runs the Rift and also uses sim racing apps and is having trouble with the explanation points, please get in contact with me, either through Twitter or my stream channel or in-game messaging. Uh, it's getting pretty frustrating. Yeah, I've actually had two blue screen of death on my computer since that Windows update. Now, I don't know if it's related. I haven't looked into it. It hasn't happened while I'm racing. This happened while I'm surfing the internet kind of thing. Uh, and I don't know why, but I hope uh, we can figure it out. Yeah, this was, a, this was an instantly after the Windows update, the sim racing app stopped being able to be pulled, pulled out with the, the pull-out display. Okay. Let's get David some help there, guys. Jesse Gray, final thought. Yeah, just a uh, solid week. I feel like over, just full week. Uh, last back half of uh, what we learned in Indian front half of vegas it's been dynamite i think uh exactly what you said it's quite the spread on the setups this week and and ideas but i think that's that's good um i think everybody's gotta gotta rally and, and get some more w's before it's all said and done and uh you know you, you started off so far today doing just that so let's hope uh, we can get one or two more by the end of the weekend well it's interesting because we have choices you know and and uh so that's the discussion. Which set are we going to run? You know, kind of thing. And David, you wanted to run a, a middle down for us, and Brent wanted a high down for us. But boy, after I win in the in the low down for us, and Jesse almost won uh, yesterday. You know, maybe that's the one to run. I don't know. It's interesting. It really seems like the less down force you have, the more you, it, it's it trades off short run to long run. It is. Uh, I mean, that was a short run car, and I won that race because it was short runs at the end. So that's what you got to figure out. Is it going to be a short run at the end or what? All right, Will Gibson, final thought. Uh, not a whole lot uh, here. It is uh, It is nice to see. I, I lose full cell service at work, so whenever I walk out on my lunch break, you guys probably have 100-plus messages in the chat talking about setups and everything. It's a... I wish I could be on a little bit more to help out with that, but it's cool to see going on. Um, I'm going to try to make a start tomorrow in the F3 car with uh, David Flowers and get a uh, start in for the week. But uh, just good to see you guys. I think, Mike, I think this is probably a record season for you as far as wins go. Um, I know when I first started on the team, you were picking them up at Talladega and Daytona and just kind of had bad luck everywhere else. And I feel like this year has been the exact opposite. Um, so it's just kind of cool to see the team really hitting a stride and, uh, Wish I could be a little bit more involved, but uh, at least I get to make try to make it here every week and talk with you guys. I, you know, I, I think it's a package. I, I I can't put my finger on anything else about why I'm winning at tracks besides restrictor plate, uh, besides that package. But hey, I'm not going to complain. <laughs>
All right, my final thought. Uh, wow, Evan Pasoko uh, came by today and told us a lot of stuff, and we were happy to have him. Uh, we always talk about the next step for iRacing and sim racing, and I think he's part of it, you know, with this thing going on with NBC. We're going to have the Homestead race on a Thursday night in prime time, a nationwide broadcast. Uh, that is big news, guys, and I want all our listeners to get involved with that. Uh, like Evan called out, we need to get on social media. We need to show NBC they can get return for their money. Because, you know what, like I mentioned before, the goal should be let's try to get them to broadcast the whole season next year. And, uh, you know, if, we, if, if it's a good race and a good showing, maybe that can happen. So I'm excited about that. Excited to have Evan on to talk about that. Excited about my win. I can't believe it. Um, I'm still a little bit in shock. I had to tell myself to breathe. I was like, on the final lap, I was like, on the, on the straights, I was like, oh, oh, just trying to get some air in because I was shaking. I was kind of having cramps in my leg. And uh, But Jesse, thank you uh, for being there to talk me through it and uh, keep me calm. And it worked. I won. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.